0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wandering Bear podcast, the number one podcast on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by Caffeine Gum Australia. Now with 100 milligrams of caffeine per piece, free delivery Australia wide, three amazing flavors and batch tested, it's batch tested. So it's good news for any athletes out there listening. It's it's really one of the best caffeine products on the market currently being used by nearly every professional sports organization in australia or sports league i should say sports league we'd like it to be in every sports organization uh, so yeah check it out at www.caffeinegum to help support this podcast okay today's guest is mr blake shop now blake has had quite the 18 months going from being a shoot shield first grader to getting a training contract with the Brumbies, to being upgraded to a full-time contract, to starting in round one, and by the end of 2023, he was a wallaby loosehead prop at the World Cup. Now, it's quite a story, He's, uh, he goes into some detail about how he got there, and uh, there's some really practical takeaways for anyone, really, about the power of goal-setting, routine being positive and just sticking to the task at hand and not getting too far ahead of yourself we talk about a lot the world cup uh, the brumby super rugby his journey and some of the things he's learned along the way and um, i hope you enjoy it. it's hard not to like the big fella he's a good man and uh, i always enjoy talking to him and i hope you enjoy listening so without further ado please enjoy this podcast with mr blake Shop. Thank you very much for doing this at short notice as well. I really appreciate it. Mate, after the last eighteen months of your life and probably now having a little bit of time to reflect on it, how how do you reflect on it? How do you how do you look back and sort of take it all in? Because it was pretty fucking crazy last couple of
1: years for you. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. Firstly, thanks for having me on, Chubby. Big fan of the show. So I feel honored to be be on the show. Mate, the um, honor's mine. The honor's mine, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I guess um, to answer your question, it, it's like you know I, I have had time to reflect on it now because obviously getting back into the country after after the tour, it was it was pretty pretty wild. To I guess the main thing was just sitting back with family and talking about all the stories and everything because you know I had um, you know mum and dad were over there, they got to watch watch me play and all that, so. That was the um, the time to reflect, and I think yeah we had a, we had a good time there together down down in Wollongong, just sitting back and sharing a beer or a coffee and just reminiscing on all the all the good times um, that happened when we were away. Because you know that that was the whole the whole thing was being able to share it with my family and, and having my friends in that watch as well. So uh, yeah, it was it was good to just sit back and, and talk about all the all the times that we had.
0: Mate, talk talk us through your last eighteen months where you started to where you end up where you ended up because like i've been around rugby for a long time and i've seen some people you know progress pretty quickly but what happened to you was pretty absurd if, if if like if we're being honest so where were you 18 months ago what were you doing and then just talk us through the steps to get to the point you're at now
1: yeah so i guess 18 months ago i was uh, working in the classroom as a as a teacher, um, still playing at Southern Districts, just plotting away, um, you know, just trying to, just you know, string together a few games in um, in first grade, and I guess the whole the whole process started from me having you know a bit of a good work life balance. Um, you know, I had I had a good I had a really good job at the school I was at. The the teachers and the ad, administration staff were very supportive of me, wanting to you know go go hard or go well at footy so they were really accommodating with everything you know with training and all that sort of stuff so i guess that's where it all started you know because i was in the classroom teaching but then also being allowed to you know leave early to get to training early to get get my extras in or whatever and um i think as as well as that i had a really good routine um and that's that's where it all started um you know early in the morning training with the big uh, the big door connie young um one of the one of the great men so I think, you know, shout out to him because we really trained trained our asses off in the mornings and got a good, good routine going and, and started to develop those, you know, those those habits that we needed to, I don't know, you know, what start. Time,
0: what time were you training? We would, we would
1: get up at 5.30 and be in the gym by 5.50 and train for an hour and a half before we both go to work. And then... Come back in the afternoon and, and train in the Arvo with with some districts. So I mean, it was it was that routine that kept us going. And and um, yeah, I, I pay a lot of credit to you know that routine and being able to train with someone in a similar position and, and similar you know motivation and, and, and aspirations. So yeah.
0: So what happened? What happened after that? So you're at South. You you've been training twice a day, working a full time job, playing first grade, having beers on the weekend. Or what was the next step after that?
1: Yeah, so I guess it was um, trying to, like I said, string together a few good games with with grade. But it all started. Uh, we had a we had a, a preseason preseason training session, and shout out to the man behind the mic here, Duncan Shelby. You got you got your great friend Dan Palmer down to a training session, um, a units training session, and yeah, I, I guess you know we had a good conversation before, and you said you know this is your opportunity to put yourself out there and and, and show what, what you can do and. Um, yeah, it was just a regular training session, scrums and lineouts, the good stuff, obviously. Um, and, yeah, Dan was there and had a little look. And then after that, we had a little conversation and he was just asking me questions about, you know, what, what do I lift? How much do I weigh? You know, what what, what um, opportunities have you had so far, if any, and, and all that. And from there, it just sort of planted the seed, I guess. And then um, continued training and playing for South and, and going about um, usual routine. And then, um, yeah, I got a phone call maybe – I think it was four or five months later during the season. he said, same guy, Dan Palmer, called me and said, let's catch up for a coffee and have a chat. And um, and then, yeah, he, he sat me down. He said, look, you know, um, there's not necessarily a, a spot for you at the Brumbies at the moment because they've, you know, they've got all their spots filled up, but there's an opportunity to come down and do pre-season. Um, and I was like, yeah, sweet. Um, sort of just jumped at it and was uh, pretty keen to, to be involved with the Brumbies because of, you know, how successful they were and, and still are. Such a um, unreal tight five front row culture um, as a club, so it was it was the dream. And then, yeah, he just basically said it's an opportunity to come down and train, um, you know. And then anything could happen from it, you know, injuries. Um, you know, if you go well, then they could progress you up and into the squad, that kind of thing. And yeah, so finished the season with South, um, and obviously, like you know, being a front rower at South, it was it was the perfect place to to be as a stepping stone into the, into the super rugby training, because, you know, as you know, um, as a front rower, the culture down there was unreal. We had guys there um, and we were bashing each other in unit sessions, um, you know, and that that's, that's what I think is another reason why um, I was able to, to step up because we had a lot of really good front rowers down there and it was just a really good place to be as a young front rower growing up and wanting to, you know, um, be a part of that culture. And, yeah, so finished the season with Southern Districts and then went down and started preseason with with the Brumbies and um, played a couple of preseason friendly games and then um, yeah they just basically turned to me and said yeah we um, we're pretty keen to keep you um, and then upgraded and extended a, uh, my contract and then yeah started round one the, the following year which was pretty crazy. Did you um, did was, you expect that? I didn't expect it, but I did have it planted in my mind like as soon as I got down there because I knew that it was. Uh, I knew the date. I knew that it was in Sydney, and it was it was like the perfect way for me to. Uh, it was the perfect goal that I wanted in my in my mind to to get to, um, because it was obviously Sydney home game for me, for my family, all that sort of stuff. It would have been a great a great debut, and and it was. So um, I think I didn't expect it, but I just really really zoned in on wanting to be a part of it, whether it was starting on the bench, whatever. And yeah, so I was just lucky to be a part of it, and. And then, yeah, here we are. When, yeah, when, do you, when did
0: you get an inkling that you were in the mix for the Wallabies?
1: Um, well, we were, I think it was like five, four or five games in, and I got a phone call from Brett Hodgson, the defense coach, and he was like, Hey, mate, I'm in Canberra, let's catch up. Um, and that was it. And I was like, Oh, um, all right, let's let's go. So it was just, yeah, my mind was blown. I was like, Um, you know, obviously being a young um, player in Australia you, you always dream of being a part of that setup but I never thought that um it would come you know as quickly as it did but then once once you know the phone call happened met with met with Hodgeo and all that sort of stuff it just never left my mind and that's you know all I wanted so I guess yeah that was the next goal was to to make a camp or a squad and was lucky enough to be picked in the in the first squad and then yeah sort of went from there.
0: Mate um, just just to give people a little bit of background did you have other opportunities before going down to the Brumbies did anyone else reach out to you or was that were they the only team that without naming names of course
1: yeah it's there was another club that was involved but for me like as soon as the Brumbies reached out and as soon as I spoke to Dan Palmer you know we had a me and you had a really good conversation about him as, as a coach and a bloke and a person and, and what the Brumbies is all about and you know guy, how could you not want to as a front row be down there with you know guys like you know slips Alan you know all that sort of stuff so it was it was never not going to be the brumbies um as soon as they reached out so so just I think, just
0: uh, can I, with, without going into details did the other club offer you more money
1: uh at the time they did yes yeah
0: so yeah i guess the point i'm trying to get across is you saw that the brumbies was an opportunity to to develop yourself as a player and you took maybe less up front because you knew that it would be more down the track yeah. is that fa- Is that fair to say Yep. Which I don't think and for anyone listening, I I don't think that's a very common attitude amongst players these days. You know, a lot of guys would like the paycheck now without really going to the, the potential program where they're going to develop themselves the best. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put that in for anyone listening. Mate, when yep. you went down to the Brumbies, was
1: there anything that surprised you? Um, I guess it was just how tight all the boys were, you know, like, um, and it, it didn't take long for me to gel with, um, with some of the boys. Like we've got a really good group of, um, everyone, everyone hangs out together, but you know, you've always got your little small, um, groups that you hang out with and, and we hang out all day, every day together. You know, we go for coffee, we, you know, we go to the movies, like whatever that, you know, not much doing camera, but you know, we, we, we find things to do, you know? So it just surprised me how tight everyone was, you know, from, from, you know, and the good thing about it is that everyone's different. Everyone offers different things and, you know, everyone hangs out together and, and has a good time, you know. So there's no there's no clicks or anything like that. Um, and it's just a really good environment to be a part of because everyone's good mates, you know. There's, um, as I said, not a lot to do in camera. So everyone hangs out all the time and gets to know each other and we know each other like the back of their hands, you know. And then when it comes to training, it's just like another session, you know, because we've we hung out, you know, the day before or whatever on the weekend. And it's just a really really good environment so yeah to answer your question it's just the the camaraderie and cohesion amongst the squad
0: why why have they been so successful as someone that's new to professional rugby going into this environment what what sort of stood out to you what stood out to you as as a reason why this place has been so good for such a long period of time
1: i think what like their whole mindset is they bring guys in to develop long term they don't you know bring a guy in for a couple of weeks and get rid of him you know they they bring guys in and they and they invest um in the long term you know and another guy who's come in as a young front row you know Reece van neck you know came over from the Melbourne Rebels and similar to me came in at a similar time and you know we both were playing in the front row and and you know um had had good game time uh, last year so that's just another example you know there's many examples before that um so i think yeah like Developing long term rather than bringing guys in just for you know a number to hold a pad or whatever. It's they've got a long term vision in place for everyone that they bring in, and I think they're not going to bring you down unless they think that you can, um, you know, offer something to the club and and at least uh, develop in in a way that's going to contribute and give the club a bit of success or yeah, at least fit in. So yeah,
0: what's it like doing scrums against Alan, Alan Alatoa
1: at training? Yeah, like, the unit sessions we do at training are way harder than the games because they try and, you know, um, simulate a game sort of style and it's, it's, it's very intense and that's where you learn the most, you know, because you get you get dicked, you get put on your ass, you get put in the air, but then after you turn around and you have a little conversation or after you go for a coffee and, and you're, you're talking about um, what happened and and all that sort of stuff. And, again, that's another reason why the, the club is so successful is because... Not only do we go hard at training, but we try and make each other better, you know. Um, and that's what's always—it's always team first, you know. Um, and, and everyone's mindset is they want to—they want to be better, but they want to be team first. So, I guess those unit sessions really show uh, what what the club's about.
0: Uh, what What was a standard week like like from a set piece point of view? Maybe during preseason, let's say.
1: Yeah. So at the moment, we do. Uh, on a Monday, we do lineouts. Um, <clears throat> so it's a lot of in install and then a, a lot of oppose um, and all that sort of stuff. And that's where you get all your detail and all that in for your lineouts. Um, and uh, so, you know, sort of a light install day for lineouts and more. Um, then a Tuesday, we'll do scrums. Um, again, similar to uh, the lineout session on a Monday, a little bit of install, you know, three-on-three, five-v-five, um, eight-on-eight, just holding, getting shape, that kind of thing. Yeah. And maybe a couple of couple of lives in there with different sort of, um, you know, uh, goals in mind. And then on a Thursday, that's our big units day. We do a um, we do a big rotation where, um, you know, you start off with a with an opposed lineout, then you'll go into a pick and drive, then you'll go into a live scrum, then you will go into a live mall. And so it's game a
0: specific, big... game specific sort of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you split the teams, and everyone's got, um, you know, a line out leader, a scrum leader. And, you know, you, you, you do one rotation, then you stop and you have a good chat about what happened. Um, you know, the line out leader speaks, the, the scrum leader speaks, and then we go again. We just keep going for, you know, 40, 45 minutes. And th- it sort of builds, it builds throughout the week to that main session on a Thursday. And then on a Friday, um, we, don't, I don't, we don't do, we're not doing units on a Friday at the moment because we train off site. But yeah, it sort of builds into that massive rotation game simulation session.
0: So you, just to clarify, uh, Ford's coach there now is Benny Moen and scrum coach is John Ulungia, the great man, Luji. Yeah. Uh, you know, another Southern Districts guy and an absolute champion of a bloke. Mate, tell me about tell me about the World Cup. I can imagine for you it would have been an interesting experience because you're you literally living the dream, like, you know, the craziest year of your life. I assume you're making good, good coin finally or at least more than you have in the past. You're in France. You're playing for the Wallabies. Your family's there, but it probably wasn't the best tournament from an Australian perspective. And there's, you know, I don't, I, I know you can barely read, so you're probably not reading the newspapers back home. But you know, there was there was some comments made about the team and certain individuals involved. But what was what was that experience like for you? A good experience? Was it a weird experience? How did you look back on the World Cup?
1: Yeah, I think weird is a good way to describe it. Um, you know, because I can't sit here and lie to you and say that I, I didn't leave that experience with a little bit of a bittersweet taste in my mouth because you know it was such an amazing experience to be a part of. But again, like just the result, it's a results based business. You know what I mean? You you got to you got to win. You got to um, you know, in in order to progress, you got to win. So that was the the disappointing thing. And then obviously, I, like for me personally, like I I feel bad for the guys who are in who the, the older guys who were there and you know potentially could have been their last world cup you know guys like slips nick white those kind of guys and then also for the guys who missed out you know and that could have been their first World Cup you know um so for me personally I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Um and I think now it's about how can we how can we progress and that and that comes back to focusing on super rugby and trying to um, dominate the New Zealand teams and and, and win back some, some respect from the community and 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 all the supporters because that's that's the main thing, right? We want to we want to get that support and uh and respect back because let's be honest, we weren't good enough over there.
0: Mate, what was it what was it like running out against France? Your first test? Like what were you you were on the bench? I couldn't imagine I can only imagine how that feels. Uh what was it like you get the tap on the shoulder, Shoppy you're on? Like how did that Talk us through that. How did that
1: feel in your mind? Yeah, it's definitely the most nervous I've ever been sitting on the bench. Um, You know, because as you do when you sit on the bench, you sort of analyze everything that's happening. You know, you think, you know, when am I going to get on? You know, you're watching, I was watching Belly the whole time, you know, waiting for him to, you know, him to to put his hand up. Um, But no, it was just like out of this world, you know, like 80,000 people there screaming. Like the the French crowd is is unbelievable. You know, the atmosphere was, was insane. And, I guess when I got the call to get up, it was just it all happened really quickly because you know, as you do when you're a sub, you get up and you and you pretty much run on. So I mean, it, it's all it's it's a little bit of a blur, but I mean, yeah, I just can't believe that, you know, it, it sort of happened the way it did because it was it was pretty much like a, a dream way to, to start because it was good to get that sort of debut out of the way before we hit the World Cup because then it was because then it was done, you know. I could put that to bed and, and focus on um, performing for the team rather than you know riding the the, the highs of, and the emotions of, of a debut. So yeah, when I got the tap on the on the shoulder, I was just full of adrenaline and all that sort of stuff, and, and ran out and just had to calm down. And because I ran on to a scrum, that was the <laughs> that was the moment I ran on. So I just had to calm myself down because I, I get really really uh yeah full of adrenaline <laughs> and worked yeah. up yeah
0: what's with with a moment like that obviously a significant moment in anyone's life did you get time like obviously they had name you earlier in the week and you you build through the week and i could imagine i could only imagine what that week's like did you get do you get time to reflect on it or is it you've had that moment onto the next job like what's it like when you're actually in that environment at that level
1: I guess um, it was pretty similar to the, you know, the way I found out about about my Super Rugby debut. Like, it was just business as usual. Like, you know, when I found out about Super Rugby, Bernie didn't make a big deal about it. He just announced it and then it was like, yep, sweet. And that, like, helped me calm calm my nerves a bit. And it was the same for for the Wallabies debut because, you know, they announced it when we were doing our little walkthrough. And then after that, it was like, right, get ready. We're going to training, you know. And I could reflect a bit when I was sitting on the bus talking to the boys. Like, <clears throat> you know and and having those little conversations and that but i think it was the the way it happened was good because it sort of made me calm down and focus on you know because there's a job to do you know so it was i think it was handled handled well
0: mate when you when you were in france did you you guys get the opportunity to have any fun away from footy without throwing anyone under the bus like what's what's touring like now in the professional environment I, i assume a lot of it's pretty business but you know, young men living the dream you, you got to have a chance to unwind as well did you guys get yeah. to do a little bit of that
1: yeah yeah we definitely did um during the week it was hard obviously because you know there's a big focus now on recovery and and um you know all that sort of stuff so during the week it was a bit hard but they definitely gave us plenty of um you know moments to to connect um if you will um and I think that that sort of 10 days we had in Paris before the World Cup was a really good experience because we were very close to all the action, like the Eiffel Tower and, and the and the main strip and all that sort of stuff. So when we had the afternoon off and the next day off, we would get on the line bikes, ride in, go for a look, you know, go for a coffee, go for a beer, whatever. And, you know, that that time was really special because, you know, <clears throat> every time we went to the Eiffel Tower, I just like looked up and said to the boys, like, this is like, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't believe we're doing this, you know. We're, we're, we're looking at the Eiffel Tower right now, but we've got to train, you know. We train today and then we're preparing for a game on the weekend, you know. So it was just it was just unreal. It was one of those pinch me moments, you know. Um, and then, yeah, moving into the World Cup, obviously a bit different um, with where we were based. We were based in a little town called St. Garmier, which was like out just outside of St. Etienne. The resort we stayed at was unbelievable. You know, sauna, pool, spa. We had our own room, all that sort of stuff. So it was it was good for, um, good for the time that we had there. The only thing that was um, a little bit a little bit uh, underwhelming was the amount of things that we could do outside of that. Um, you know, we get could get the bus into Saint Etienne every now and then and walk around, but you can only do that so many times. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but there were also times where you know we could go for team dinners. Um, you know, and a couple of times you know after a game we could come back to the team hotel and. And um, you know, unwind a bit, connect again, um, and that which was which was good. But yeah, overall, it was just I think uh, the highlight was that was those ten days in Paris and just you know being able to see the sights with the boys and and um, do what do what you love doing, which is playing footy and and hanging out with the boys. Hey, what was um, what,
0: was it Arnhem Land you guys went to?
1: What was that experience like? Yeah, yeah, that was that was wild. eh? like you know, getting a little charter plane up to the top of. Top of Australia and, and jumping in these Land Cruisers with these locals and and driving around and you know pretty much driving on the beach to get to our, our camp and then um, sleeping on the on the on the sand with with the boys and in big tents and that and yeah just got to experience the the cultural side of it you know which was really good um, you know we had a lot of opportunities to go and do activities like you know spear fishing and snorkeling uh, not snorkeling because we, there were crocodiles in the water um, which was a bit scary but. Yeah, there were there were plenty of opportunities for all these um, you know, uh, fun activities to do. And, you know, we got to share a beer together with the locals on the night that we stayed there and and then yeah, flew back to Sydney on the little the little plane, which was good. Yeah, it was just like again, unbelievable.
0: Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Something that not many people get to do, I reckon. And getting right out there with your mates in real Australia, I reckon that would have been awesome. Mate, yeah, I've got no yeah. I got I got no more World Cup questions for you. I, I think when people look back on that world cup I, I i reckon that's going to be something that sets sets us up for future success down the road i think a lot of negativity and a lot of you know a lot of people have said things about it but i reckon we'll look back on that and go ah that that was the uh the impetus for you know what's going to happen soon may one thing i did want to ask you when i first met you you were a genuine third grade hooker and i don't think that's an un- I, I think that's probably that's fair fair what what happened in your mind? what happened in your mind to go from yeah what happened in your brain? what clicked was it was it a matter of getting into a routine and training with door and like this the scrum culture was it palms going hey, there might be an opportunity here what what kind of change in you to get you to the human you are now I guess
1: I think um previously uh like you said, I was a genuine third grade hooker um I didn't really have any goals. I didn't, like, write anything down. I was just there to participate, you know, and I was just happy just, you know, just being a part of it, right? And then I guess what, what made me click was, you know, my younger brother plays in the NRL and seeing him go go well and, and live that lifestyle that we all dream of, you know, it, it, it made me think, like, why can't I have that, you know? And then... I think uh when when yourself and todd were coaching at some districts and started to instill that sort of high performance environment into the club Mm. it made me think that i could use this as a a way to get the most out of it and just see what happens you know and I, i and i started doing things like writing goals down like i've got it on my on my computer i wrote goals down like everything that was had to happen to lead up to getting a super rugby contract so it was like um, start for some districts first grade, become the best loose head prop in the in the in the competition. Then it was like um, you know a couple of other things to progress up to get a Super Rugby contract. And I guess once I wrote things down and, and actually had goals in mind, then I could I could figure out how to how to go about doing that. So that's when the routine came in, and I was like, I need a gym every morning before work because then it gives me time to recover when I get home from work, go to training, and get and get things done. You know, so I guess to answer your question it's 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 writing goals down and and having a bit of a you know a mindset that gives you what you want I mean I never I never really was confident in myself when I was younger or coming out of school into grade and all that sort of stuff I was just happy to be there I didn't really have any goals or aspirations because you know I was just having a bit of fun with the boys you know but once I realised that, you know, it's it's what I wanted, I, I had to figure out, like, you know, exactly what I wanted. So I wanted a Super Rugby contract and then I had to work down from there. What do I need to do? And, um, and yeah, I guess it was it was just about going about every day with that routine, trying to make the most of it, and, but also enjoying it, you know, because, like, some districts, is, it was a great place for me because, you know, some of my best mates for life are there now, you know, and I really enjoyed my footy. We didn't have a lot of success, but... You know, training, training every every Tuesday and third or whenever we train was was great. And then Saturday, the Saturday Arbor down at Foreshore Park was was the place to be. You know, um, and that just allowed me to enjoy my footy, enjoy playing with the boys, but also like having that thing in my mind where I really wanted to have a crack and, and get a Super Rugby contract.
0: Mate, that's fantastic. I, I've been asked by a number of people, um, what happened with Shop? Like. How did he do what he did? So I, I hope anyone listening to that gets a really good insight. And I I think um, pro- from someone that knows you a little bit, seeing how hard you worked, and I think sometimes when you work hard without expecting the reward and you're just working on getting better and better and better, that's kind of when things happen. Like like Palms is coming to – like I how that happened with Palms. He came uh, – he was in Cronulla. He goes, want to have a coffee? I go, yeah, let's have a coffee. He goes, oh, you guys doing scrums tonight? I might come to training. So it was just completely random, but that's kind of what happens when you work hard. Sometimes the opportunities just present themselves. So, matter, I couldn't be happier for you. How long are you at the Brums for? You got another couple of years?
1: Yeah. So at the moment, I'm contracted until 2026. Um, pretty pretty stoked with that because you know, like I said before, it's just the place to be as a as a front row. You know, um. Can't uh, you know? Thank the club enough, and I want to. I want to give a shout out to, to to your mate and and now my good mate Dan Parr because without him, I don't think this would have been possible. You know, he put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into me when I first came down, and he he kept saying to me the whole time, "He's like, we're, we're gonna we're gonna sort it out. We want to we want to keep you. i make sure it'll happen." That kind of thing. So I, I just want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to him because you know and also to yourself you know you made the connection without you it wasn't it, it wouldn't have been possible mate so i think um you know i really want to just just thank you guys both for for everything you've done and you know we're only just getting started
0: well absolutely mate i i will never speak on palms behalf uh cuz he's way smarter than me but you did all the work so you absolutely deserved everything that you got mate that's that's pretty much all i've got for you i usually have all these fucking little rapid fire questions but i i think uh, anyone that's listened to that will get uh, something really good out of that, mate. So um, as always, mate, uh rooting for you and um, yeah, hopefully see you at stumps. Actually we're playing your A team in March, I think. So we'll catch up for a coffee and a beer when we come down. Thank you, so. my friend.
1: Thank you for having me.